This morning we'll be reading from Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the Word of God. We soul people like to stand when the Bible is read. We'll talk more about that. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. May God bless the reading of his word. About four years ago, we adopted this passage, this statement, as the vision statement for this church. Now, every year at the end of August, we decided that it's good for us to go back and look at it one more time. We call this Revisioning Sunday because we feel like that not only have we added new family members, and we need to once again focus on what brings us together as a church and sets direction for us, But also, many of us who have been here for a long time need to be reminded of this vision. We see this um, logo on everything that we do. We we hear the saying, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But we haven't heard it today. We haven't heard it where we are right now. And so to hear it once again and to stop and think for a little while about what this means for our church uh, might help us and encourage us, give us some new insight, and and just help us grow not only as a church, but as individuals. So why is it necessary, or why is it good for a church to have a vision statement? Well, one is, it does give us a way of thinking about ourselves. Church is so big, and one congregation, even a fairly large congregation like this one, can't do everything that churches can do. And so therefore, to have a vision statement kind of sets some boundaries and says, we're going to really focus in this area. Not that there aren't other good areas, but in order to, to do a good job, in order to be something, we're going to focus here. Also, a vision statement helps us organize ourselves. It gives us a structure that can rise out of the vision so that we can think in good ways that, that make sense and we can make plans that are doable. It helps in setting our goals, both for the congregation, where are we going to go for next year, uh, what budget are we going to have, uh, all these things, what are we going to be in five years or ten years. And it also helps us set goals for individuals because one of the things that the leadership of this church wants to do is to help each member grow spiritually, mature spiritually. And what kind of plan do we have for that? What do we do as a church to encourage you as individuals to grow closer to Christ, closer to God? So, 
Let's go once again and look at the source of this vision, why we thought that this was a good statement to put out there in front and to let guide this church. As you heard in the reading and as we sung in at least two of the songs so far, uh, this is called the greatest commandment. A man came and asked Jesus one day, out of everything God said to do, what is the most important thing to do? That's a good question. Because we certainly want to try to do everything that God said to do, but it's good to know what the most important thing is so that we're really focusing on that and really trying hard on that one. Now, if I had not heard this all my life and read it so many times, if I was reading this for the first time and and I'm reading the story of the man coming up to Jesus and saying, what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important thing? My guess, honestly, would have been that Jesus would have said, well, you can't say one's more important than the other. You know, I think that's what my guess would have been. He would say, well, there's a lot of important things out there. But he had an answer for this. And immediately he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the most important thing that we can do. No matter what else we're doing, let's make sure that we have this before us and make sure that we're giving all that we can to loving God. Well, let's stop and uh, think for a little while about this greatest commandment and see how if by adopting this as a vision statement what it can do for us, and what it can say for us. One thing it is, it's a call to love God with our entire being. It recognizes that there's kind of compartments within us. It recognizes that we have a heart. Now, when the Bible talks about heart, it's primarily talking about our emotions, our relationships, and the community that we feel. That there is a part of us that's kind of a social part of us, There's a part of us that wants to be bound together feeling-wise and emotionally with other people and also with God. So with that feeling part of us, this social part of us, the desire to be in relationship, we take that and we want to love God with that part of us. Also, there's our soul. Our soul is kind of a mystical part of us. It's that that part of us that touches God. It's the part of us that's hard for us to really describe. We don't so much feel it as we experience it. And, And it's those moments where God seems so close to us and touches us that that's our soul that intersects with him. We're to love God with all of our mind. Well, that one's kind of easy, isn't it? With our thinking skills, our intellect, our critical thinking skills, with studying about him, thinking about him, organizing our thoughts and and, and trying to come to as, as great a knowledge as we can about him. We are called upon to use that part of our personality as well in loving God. And finally, we are called upon to love him with our strength, with what we do that we're called upon to be servants. We're called upon not to be hearers only, but to actually get out and do something for other people and to serve God as well. So you see how each one of these areas is, is a different area of our personality. And when Jesus quotes the passage, he says you're supposed to bring all of these things to bear upon loving God. Take everything you are and use that 
to love God. This also recognizes the diversity among us. Because the truth is, and this is an important point, that you are better at loving God in one of these ways than you are the other three. That it's just kind of a natural uh, thing for us, that there's one way in your personality that you relate best to God. And that's your strength. We'll talk about in a moment how that's kind of your spirituality style or, or type. And so in one of these ways is the way that you most like to experience God. For example, it could be your heart. Oh, let's, I'm, I'm on the different slide than I thought I was. Each one of us finds our strength and our passion in one of these areas. There we go. It could be your heart and, and that you're a heart person. And you experience God most whenever you have good relationships with other people. And you like for your emotions to be stirred. And so therefore, when you come to church, you want to feel church. And when you leave this place, you want to say, boy, that felt great today. I'm leaving here pumped up. I just was really, my heart was touched today. And if that's really what, what sends you and that's what, what gets you going, then you're probably a heart person. However, there are some soul people among us. By the way, when we first adopted this, we gave everybody a spirituality inventory and uh, to figure out, let you figure out uh, wh- what type you are. You can kind of guess, you sort of know just by hearing the descriptions and knowing yourself. But it's interesting, if you've never taken that, you can do it in several ways. You can just simply ask us. Also, Chris, I'll go ahead and say this, our starting point class, which is an introduction to this church, uh, begins on September the 11th. It meets for four Sunday mornings during class time. You'll be seeing more information about that. But in that starting point class, we give that inventory to help you discover which of these four areas is your real strength. How do you best relate to God? Well, when we gave this at the beginning, uh, we had a lot of heart people. If my memory serves right, I think there were three or four of us soul people around here, uh, which says a lot of things. Uh, it doesn't necessarily say there's not a lot of soul people. It says maybe we're not doing enough to attract the soul people. But soul people experience God in solitude. Soul people experience God in mystery. Whenever soul people leave a worship service, they want to leave here saying, wow, God is so great. He is so awesome. He is so mysterious. Soul people like quiet, reverent worship. Soul people love congregational readings. Soul people really love it for the elder to get up here and give us a blessing before we leave. You know, whereas other people are going, come on, let's go. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Mind people. Mind people are into Bible study. The way you love God and the way you show your love for God is that you understand his word, you interpret it correctly, and you do things the right way. All right? Strength people, as we said, they're the people that want to get out and you want to go to work. You feel like that if you're a Christian, you ought to be out there helping people and serving people. Well, question, which of these is right? Well, they all are, but you have your strength. You have the one that feels more natural to you than perhaps the other three. I wanted to show you real quick that we're not making all this up. There's a man named Urban Holmes 
who developed a, a quadrant of spirituality types. And this is one way, when we were talking about this four years ago, we said, you know, this really fits into Urban Holmes's quadrangle here. Uh, the, the quadrants are the knowing God quadrant and the sensing God. There's things that you know about God. There's things that you kind of sense about God. Then on the other side, there's the God who has, he has revealed himself to us. And then there's the hidden God that can't be revealed to us. We'll never understand. And so these uh, Holmes talked about experiential people, mystical people, mental people, and kingdom people, people that were out there serving. And we took the, the, the four things in the, the vision statement, the heart, soul, mind, and strength, and put experiential as heart and soul and mind and strength. Okay, so anyway, just wanted to show you that that's kind of where all of this came from. Historically, churches of Christ have been composed of which one of these more dominantly? What has dominated churches of Christ, those of you who have known us well? Well, as we said, it's not soul. <laughs> There's not many of us around here. You know, again, these soul folks like repetition. They like ritual. They like quietness. And that's not really what we've been all about, is it? What about heart people? Well, we seem to be getting a lot more heart people, don't we? The people that want to experience uh, Christianity and relationship with others and in emotional experiences, but that's not really where we've been. Strength, neither. I thought strength was nice. But anyway, uh, we're, we're fairly well. We've always been busy doing things, but it's not that. It's not that. It is that one. And for those of you who are new to Churches of Christ, you need to realize this, that we really have been dominated more by our mind. Our goal in years past has been to be walking Bibles, that it was all about knowing God's Word and in order to interpret God's Word correctly. And that has greatly shaped who we are and to a large extent will continue to shape who we are. Every tradition is stronger in one area than the rest. In fact, every tradition has grown up because they were in a place where maybe one thing wasn't being done very well. And if people get to feeling like, you know, we're not really understanding the Bible, we're not studying the Bible, you see why they're motivated then. And uprises a group of people that says that we are going to really focus on knowing God's Word and understanding God's Word. So this is where churches of Christ have traditionally been, and it really answers a lot of questions about who we are. And I want to zero in on us for a little bit on the mind. Again, if, if you're a mind church and you're dominated by the mind, then the goal is to know your Bible. If you're a really a good Christian, you know your Bible. The best Christians know their, their, their Bibles the best. Does this, any of this kind of ring true? All right. All right. What does the church really need? Well, you need good preaching and good Bible classes. That's what's most important to have is to have a preacher that, that's preaching the Word and to have Bible classes that are teaching the Word. And mind people are kind of suspicious of emotionalism, you know, kind of bothers us if someone raises their hands a little bit. What are they doing that for? You know, after all, it doesn't say in the Bible, you have to do that. You know, why are they doing And start clapping. It's like, ooh, I don't know about that. That doesn't feel quite right. Also suspicious of shallow Bible knowledge, weak doctrine. Those things scare us, you know, that we've we got to remain rooted in the Word. Is that good? Yeah, that's good that we do those things. But remember, that's one-fourth or one quadrangle. What about worship? 
All right? Worship for a mind person is primarily that it is done correctly. You know, if someone doesn't say something right in a prayer, a mind person is going to come up and tell us that that wasn't the right way to do that. All right? Been there, done that. I know. Okay? You know, it's, it's primarily worship is about doing it correctly more than anything else. It's supposed to be fairly plain, straightforward, and sensible. All right? Let's not get too carried away here. After all, all we're doing is worshiping God. Oh, that was a little tacky. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but, but I grew up in this mindset. This is it right here. But it's, that's fine. All right. They like traditional sounding music. Now, mind people are not opposed to learning new songs as long as the new songs sound like the old songs. Uh, there's a, a, a Blessed Jesus. T- uh, yeah. There's several new songs that we've learned that have gone over great with the mind, folks. But, but they want them to say, that's just because that's what church music sounds like, all right? And also, they want a predictable order of worship, not be shuffling things around. And they want the preaching that brings insight into Scripture. Now, let's stay with the worship a little bit, because I want to look at what the other four groups, we could, we could, I don't have enough time to see how the other four groups, or other three groups, the four contrast, but I want to stick with worship because you know what? Worship has been a real sticking point uh, in a lot of churches. There have been churches over the last 20 years that have divided up because they're wanting different things in worship. And we here at Johnson Street want to recognize that and recognize that there are different people wanting different things in worship and trying then to see what we can do to address all these needs. So, what do the heart people want in worship? We've talked about this a little bit. They want to be be experiential and emotional. If you don't cry at least once in worship, worship wasn't worth coming to, right? But also, they want to uh, be bound together in closer groups and feel close to one another as well in worship. They want the freedom to stand if they want to, to raise their hands if they want to, to clap if they want to. They also want contemporary music because this is the kind of music they listen to, it makes sense to them, and therefore they want to use that musical style in praising God as well. They also love visual presentations. You're welcome, all right? Okay, and they love personal testimonies. At least once or twice a week, I get someone come up, when are we going to have more personal testimonies? You know, because that's a heart thing. That just feels good to hear someone's story and to relate to them and to feel like, oh, you know, other people know how I feel as well. That's good stuff. That's heart stuff. They also want preaching that stirs the emotions. You know, you want me to tell at least one sob story, at least one in a sermon, especially if it's right at the end. You know, that, that's the best time to throw one of those in. So that's heart people. That's what the heart people are looking for when they come to church and come to worship. What about soul people? Well, we don't care too much about these guys. We only have three of them anyway. But they do prefer quiet and reverent worship, simplicity, depth, repetition, as I said, love the blessing, love congregational readings, love for prayers to be written down and for us to all read a prayer together. Some of you go, well, that, that just doesn't ring my bell. There's people among us that that is really great, that someone, uh, you know, thought enough of the prayer to actually write it down and we're all going to read it and everything. Love candlelight services, look forward to Christmas Eve and we can hold the candle and sing silent night and preaching that emphasizes the mystery of God. We love to leave here confused, you know, like, wow, 
I can't understand God, but I'm so glad he's God, and I'm glad he loves me. That sense of mystery is good. Okay, what about strength people? Well, strength people have a vision of God's kingdom's purposes in the world. You, When you come to church, you want to be made to feel guilty that you're not out there doing enough. And so therefore, when you leave here, you're going to get busy, you're going to redouble your efforts, you're going to sign up for one more ministry, you know, you're going to do something um, that motivates people for action for the sake of justice. And you prefer simple settings. You don't like it when we start painting and remodeling the building, because after all, there are poor people in the world that need that money, and therefore we could send that money to them. And, you know, you're, you're strength people, that's your, your strength, okay? Well, Recognizing this explains some things. First of all, it explains why we've lost some of our children in churches of Christ. And and this is kind of a downer, but I think it needs to be pointed out. You know, just because you're a mind person doesn't mean your children are going to be mind people. And if you have a church that's only focusing on the mind, then as your children grow up and they're looking for heart, or they're looking for soul, or they're looking for strength, if it's not here in the church at least to some extent, and there's not at least a glimmer of hope that it can be there, then they're going to go look someplace else, and they're going to be something else, because what's happening somewhere else relates better to who they are. It's also been, as we said, why it's been so difficult for we in Churches of Christ to alter our worship style a little bit, because we've been so heavy in one area that as we began to try to recognize that there are other people that have other strengths and try to include things in the worship for them as well, then uh, it kind of, those of us who are used to it always being one way, kind of bow up a little bit and say, wait a minute, I don't like that. All right. Well, anyway, on the other hand, it is a wonderful opportunity to recognize great uh, uh, opportunities and possibilities is what I'm trying to say. You know, if we realize that we're different, well, let's keep on going. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our organization and our goals. Congregationally, what do we do with this? Well, we recognize that, that we want a place for everyone to flourish. And we try to put things in. Uh, our heart people, uh, you know, we try to get y'all some small groups going. So you can really get to know each other well. You can go through life's experiences together. You can have close, close friends. Because if you're a heart person, the closer you are to your friends, the closer you are to God. And therefore, we want to give you a place to have those friendships. You can't really form those friendships sitting in pews. You got to get somewhere else. You got to do stuff together. And so therefore, we try to to give you things, not only small groups, but fellowship activities, uh, other activities so that you can actually form those friendships. We've tried to adapt our, our worship a little bit to give you some songs where you can raise your hands and clap and so forth, because we know that's important to you. Uh, because that, that helps you then to experience God as well. Soul people, we have tried to give some things in worship. We do have an elder's blessing uh, at the end of worship, just, just for you guys. And, and we do stand when we read the scripture, and, and we do occasionally do a responsive reading, and we, we have some quiet time. We don't sing all the time during communion. You know, we get some quiet time, and, and that's, that's good. Other things as well, run out of time. But mine, folks, we still do try to study the Bible. I give a best effort to bring what I have have, have gleaned from Scripture, and and we have good Bible classes, and that will always be our our heritage and always be one of the more strong points that we do in Churches of Christ. And then here at Johnson Street, if we have a sort of a second to mind, it would be our strength, I think, 
because we have a lot of ministries. Uh, Rust Street leads the way, but a lot of opportunities to get in there and to serve. Well, we try to do all these things. And even when we put a worship service together, we try to think, okay, are we touching all four of these bases? And as we plan for the year to come, are we providing for all of these things as well? Because we want to, to give every spirituality type a place to be. As an individual, what kind of goals and how does this help? For one thing, just relax and enjoy who you are, you know? Uh, enjoy the way you relate to God best. If you're a heart person, you know, heart it as much as you can. <laughs> just, just jump in there and, and, and love on folks and know that every time you make a new friend, you're one step closer to God. And you love that and it's going great for you. Uh, if you're a soul person, have those daily moments alone with God and, and go off on a retreat by yourself and do those things and just say, that's me and that's who I am and that's the way I do it the best. On the other hand, You've also got to remember and embrace the idea that not everybody's like you. And just because they don't like doing the things you like to do doesn't mean they're less Christian than you are. Because if you're a mind person and you're just plowing through Romans and, you know, reading it in the Greek and in the Syriac and the Coptic and everything, you know, all this other stuff, well, that's great. Good for you. But other people who are just holding on and patting someone on the shoulder because they just went through a terrible emotional crisis... You know, that's Christ as well. And so we try to coexist and to affirm one another and to embrace one another, knowing that we need these, these diversities. Uh, and, but the last thing we do is that we remember that the mission statement, the vision statement, the greatest command calls on us not only just to embrace the fact that we have one strength, but to grow in all the other areas. We are called upon to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. In other words, you're called upon to step outside your comfort zone occasionally, and not just to do it the way that is easiest for you to do it. You know, if, if you're not a strength person and getting out and serving other people is difficult for you, then get out and serve other people. <laughs> you know, make yourself do that. Join up in some ministry where you're a serving person. Make yourself study the Bible some if you're, if you're not really a mind person. Or if you're someone that doesn't like to, you know, that cringes every time someone says, okay, let's all join hands and sing. Well, get involved in a small group or, or do something that puts you in close contact where you have to open up your soul and your heart and they have to open up theirs to you as well. Because the goal is... It's to grow to be more like Jesus. Jesus is in the middle of this. And as we grow in each of these areas, then we become more like him. We need you because you're special and you're different. You're different from every other person in this room. And you bring us something that we need in this congregation. But at the same time, you need us. You need a family of God that has the strengths that you don't have. That's constantly holding these strengths out before you and calling you to grow in these areas. As Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Johnson Street wants to be a church that brings glory to God. 
And we need you to be a part of that and we need you to bring your strength and we need you to be growing in all these strengths as we hold on to each other and we serve God together. We're going to stand, we're going to sing an invitation song. We're going to have some of our church leaders standing around. And if you have a special need, even if it's just your move to want to become a part of this family, come and talk to them. They'll be glad to help you. If you have any other needs for which we can pray or help in any way, come as we stand and sing.